Listener Production. Helicopter, free-range, tiger. These are all labels that have been used to describe different parenting styles. What do these styles say about the choices we make as parents and why we make them? I think all labels are sometimes helpful and sometimes not. It depends on how much you feel locked in by them and how much they then disconnect you from who you want to be as a parent. Welcome to episode three of our special series, Parenting the Parent with Dr. Rebecca Ray, where we explore what it means to be a parent, the choices we make, the ways that we cope, and how we can turn old patterns into new actions. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt and Rebecca Ray. Today, we're talking about parenting styles, the helpful and unhelpful labels that describe a set of choices and behaviours that group certain parents together. To help us navigate the pros and cons of parenting styles, I'm joined by Dr. Rebecca Ray, a clinical psychologist, author of several books, and mum to one cheeky little boy. Hi, Beck. How are you? Hi, Chef. Let's talk about the different labels and what they are meant to embody. We've got helicopter, free-range tiger. Those are our main ones. Before we go through them, though, I do want to say that we would like you to take these with a grain of salt because both Beck and I understand that labels are not always helpful, but sometimes they can offer insight into the choices we make. So with that in mind, let's start out with my least favourite label, and that is the helicopter parent. I think helicopter parenting can sometimes get a bad rap because it implies that you're not enabling your child to be a child and to have experiences in the world that occasionally might hurt. You're constantly looking over them and perhaps directing their experience, intruding upon their experience um, rather than just letting them be a kid. All right. So that's helicopter parenting. Sure. Talk to me about, I guess, what's meant to be the opposite, which is free range. So free range, which I've also heard called wilding. Ah, yes. Yes, I have. So free range parenting, as I understand it, is when parents allow their kids to be child led most of the time. So if you want to go out and play in the mud, um, go out and play in the mud. You essentially parent from a place where you don't necessarily have the same boundaries around your parenting as someone else who might be a little more directive. Of course, there are so many different types of labels. We're just going to stick with a few at the moment. So the last one I want to ask you about is the so-called tiger parent. Yep. The so-called tiger parent is heavily invested in how much their child achieves and the avenues through which they achieve those things. So I feel like mums are more quickly labeled than dads, Mm. often unkindly. So those definitions you mentioned there, they were all sounded quite reasonable. But when people use these parenting labels, they're not really using them to be helpful. (laughs) They're judging, let's be honest. Yeah. Why do you think mums are labelled more than fathers? Oh, for a few reasons. I think, first of all, we live in a patriarchal society. (laughs) So I think men get off 
uh, being themselves in whatever way they want to be themselves, just a little bit more than women. Uh, there are heavier expectations on our shoulders, especially when it comes to parenting, because in that patriarchal society, we've been conditioned that parenting is a feminine role. Mothering is a very feminine role and we should do the majority of the care. So the labels then get directed towards us and what we do. I think my opinion as well is that we are generally labelled more than men in other areas as well, not just in our parenting, but in the way we look, in what we do and how we act at work and in what the expectations are in terms of our relationships and in the home as well. When people use terms or labels like helicopter free-range tiger, they're often using them as a judgment. Yeah. And so... In that way, they're unhelpful. But we make choices or do things a certain way for different reasons. So I'm assuming that if we lean towards one style of parenting or another, it can still offer us insight into how we parent. So I'm wondering if we could go through those labels again, if we can look at what does it tell us in terms of the way we parent and why we may parent that way. Yeah. So let's start again with the helicopter parent. These types of labels can give us deep insight into why we do the things that we do when it comes to our children. And they can also link us in with our people who share similar values and want to do things in a similar way. Helicopter parenting uh, gives insight into someone who cares very much about their child's safety and possibly has the type of personality like you and I have where they like to do things correctly. <laughs> they like to do things the right way, even when there is no perfect or right way of parenting. And therefore, they apply that very studiously to their parenting as well. When we're talking about helicopter parenting, if we can just take the edge off all these labels for a moment and just park the problems that might come with this style of parenting. One of the things about this is it just tells you how much you care. I think all these labels tell us that we care very deeply about how we're being for our child and what the, that means for the outcomes of our child's development. What about the free-range parent? Free-range parents care very much about undoing the conditioning that... Uh, is forced on us in the society that we were raised. So they want to undo the rules and regulations that apply to parenting, to children as they develop, and perhaps even in the school system, the mainstream school system as well. Free-range parents really want children to be able to blossom into the world led by their own personalities and desires and needs rather than having their personality imposed upon them by the rules and regulations of society. And our final one, of course, is the tiger parent. The tiger parent cares really deeply about their child being given every chance possible. They care deeply about shaping their child to be able to thrive in the world with as many uh, skills and as much knowledge as possible across a variety of activities and being able to essentially shape that child into a well-rounded adult. So those labels there, we've given them the positive associations that we can have with those particular styles. But as we have said, 
these labels came about more for their negative associations or their judgments than uh, positive. But let's look at it in a constructive way. Can we talk about these parenting styles in terms of their drawbacks? Yep. It's important to distinguish the fact that you're probably not going to be 100% of anything at any time, you know? So we are bits of this and we're bits of that. And when it comes to talking about perhaps a helicopter style, then what we're talking about is perhaps a continuum of how far you lean towards that style, any kind of style, really. We're talking about a continuum. One of the drawbacks of helicopter parenting is that you might prevent your child from being able to have experiences in the playground, experiences in the academic world, experiences in the social world that allows them to learn lessons from getting it wrong. If you are constantly hovering over your child to prevent them from experiencing any pain, and I mean that in a practical sense and in an emotional sense, if you're directing what they do so much so that they can't learn that lesson organically, then it means that what they're absorbing from you is the way you would do that particular thing rather than actually learning the natural consequences of behavior in the environment as it unfolds. When it comes to free-range parenting, One of the drawbacks of this is that you can lean a little too far into the freedom and shift away from having a boundaried existence for your child because kids need boundaries to know where the limits are into permissiveness, what we call as psychologists permissiveness, which implies that there weren't enough boundaries around you as a child to be able to show you where there are natural limits of acceptability. When it comes to tiger parenting, a drawback of the process of tiger parenting can be burnout for your child. You can care very much about creating these amazing outcomes for your child and exposing them to as many things as possible and allowing them to accomplish these things. But the risk is that you burn them out because they're so involved, they're so active. And you may also burn yourself out as well because of the extra demand on you for being able to facilitate those activities for your child. This series is all about raising ourselves as we raise our kids and also understanding the influence our own childhood and the way we were parented has had on the way we parent today. So can we look at those labels through that lens? Yeah. So often what we do as parents is what wasn't done for us. When we're talking about parenting ourselves, it's probably a fairly accurate assumption that people who are listening to this parenting podcast care very much about how they parent and want to learn about their experience of parenting as much as possible. That's not every parent. Not every parent comes to parenting as consciously. And what happens when we come at parenting from a conscious perspective like that is we're often looking at our own experience as children and thinking, I don't want to do that with my kid. That didn't work for me. And so we can end up in these parenting styles because we care very much about not repeating cycles that were um, experienced by ourselves when we were young. Can I ask if sometimes it's also repetition? Because I'm thinking in particular of parents who are wanting their child to have every opportunity. They may have had parents who did the same for them and they see that as their way of achieving success for their children? Yeah, absolutely. 
It's important, listeners, that you understand Chev and I have very different parents. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you had a very positive experience emotionally with your parents. I had emotionally unavailable parents who were actually stellar parents at providing practically. So, yes, we have different lenses. And that also means that um, you're very much looking at your parents thinking, I would love to repeat those parts of the way I was parented because it was really helpful. I'm often looking at my parents and thinking, yeah, no, um, (laughs) no, thanks. Brilliant at what you did, not so great at what you didn't do. So When we're looking at these parenting styles, it can be repetition if how you observed your parents was positive. Yeah. Of course, we want to repeat those things where we think our parents shined. My parents shined in making sure that I was educated. I have multiple levels of tertiary education, (laughs) thanks to my parents, um, who knew from the get-go that I was academically inclined and made sure to facilitate that for me. Um, When you're in a place, though, where perhaps you see patterns that aren't as helpful, then you're looking from from a different perspective where you're thinking, I actually want to unravel that. I want to disentangle myself from those patterns and do something differently. So yes, it can come either positive, I want to repeat the positive stuff, or negative, I want to make sure that there's less of that stuff in my child's experience. Is it ever unconscious? Lots of what we do as adults is unconscious. Look, honestly, yes. why I have a job, really, um, <laughs> is to bring it into the light. That's also to say I'm also a human doing unconscious stuff regularly where I'm not aware. When you come at your parenting, there's so much that we carry within ourselves uh, unconsciously. So we have limiting beliefs, we have fears, we have resentments, we have unhealed wounds and unmet needs, even unmet needs from childhood that we still carry as adults that influence everything that we do. And that influence becomes ever more intense when we're talking about the parent and child interaction and relationship. So it might play out in all your relationships. Uh, In our previous episode, we talked about relational templates And sure, the way we're raised plays out on those templates in relationships with your colleagues at work, with your boss, with your friendships. But when it comes to parenting, it's never more intense than when it's your stuff on your kid. And so then we have how that looks for each of those parenting styles. When we're going from a helicopter point of view, the positive of that is my parent kept me safe. My parent had rules and look at me, I'm all right. I turned out fine. We weren't allowed to do that. And you apply that because your perception is it worked. However, if you remember that you weren't allowed to go to sleepovers and you weren't allowed to do all of these things, then all of a sudden you'd prefer that your child is out there climbing that tree because they're just a kid and you want to give them the chance of being a kid. When we're talking about free range, You might have been raised by hippie parents who thought it was great for you to be running around the farm, you know, just coming back by the time it's dark. And so you repeat that or you feel like that you actually didn't have enough boundaries and that led you to feel like your parents didn't care about you very much at all. And so then you bring in the rules. So sometimes we can go, this is what applied to me. 
and I'm not going to make that happen again. Sometimes we can go, actually, I felt like that worked and I turned out fine. So I'm going to repeat that. With tiger parenting, it could be that my parents provided everything for me and they made sure that I did dancing and I did sport and I did all the things, the languages, the music. And I want to make sure that my child has every opportunity as well. And that can be you investing in your child at the deepest level. Or it could be that your parents didn't have enough money or resources or even just desire to give you those opportunities. And so now you've lent hard down that end of the continuum because you didn't get that when you were a kid. How is all of that reflection helpful to us in terms of how we become better parents? You know, I'm a fan of reflection. Psychologist here raising my hand, obviously <laughs> everything. I, sometimes I reflect too much. It's not always that deep, but calm down. I think any reflection that we make on our experience as humans is helpful. Anytime you stop and think about how you're living and why you're doing things the way that you are makes a difference for you to be able to consider whether or not that's workable for who you want to be. As we look at these particular styles of parenting, I think it can be really helpful to, for you to analyse why you're doing what you're doing with your child and where it's come from so that you can make a conscious decision about whether or not that's heading you in the direction that you want to go as a parent or whether you're simply repeating something that unconsciously occurred for you as a child. It enables you to get conscious about actively participating in the parent that you want to be and the child that you want to shape. And the truth is there are positives and negatives to any particular style. So once we're conscious about the way we are parenting and why we're a particular style or not, we can move between them, like you said. Yeah, that's right. You're never going to be just one of those things and you're never going to be that thing 100% of the time. It just doesn't work out that way. And if you notice that you've lent towards helicopter and that's not really who you want to be, then being aware of it means that you can just lean back a little bit the other way. This is dynamic. It's allowing you to evolve as a parent. And I think what it also does, these labels can be helpful if they're used in a way that's not applying um, rigidity around someone's experience as a parent, but they can be helpful for you to be able to find other people who share the same values. So if you know that, you know, free range in the way that you look at it means that you're unschooling and doing some schooling from home and you want to connect with other people who are doing the same so that you can um, get your kids together to have play dates. Great, go for it. But if you then take that label to mean something about you and you don't like the way it means, then A, I want you to look at where the label is coming from and whether or not you're applying something to yourself that perhaps doesn't fit and instead is something you've pulled off the internet and now you're condemning yourself for it. And B, I want you to think about the fact that sometimes we can take these labels to be able to guide us before we find our own patterns that actually fit for us and who we want to be. Because it's probably the fact that for most of us, we're a combination of all of these things at different times. And you need to find your own rhythm in how that shows up in your role as a parent. We've talked about helicopter parenting, uh, free range and tiger parenting. These are all labels that we are very familiar with. 
this generation of parents. Were there any types or styles of parenting before this generation? I don't know whether or not those types were given names at the time, but on reflection, when I look back at parenting styles that were largely done to people like you and I of our generation, um, it largely looks like it was authoritarian, what we would refer to today as an authoritarian parenting style. Authoritarian parenting is not as commonly seen today. It's not as popular, so to speak. Not that you have to subscribe to a particular style, but we don't see it as popular in terms of the education that's out there. You don't, it's rare that you would read something online that suggests you should choose or an authoritarian method of parenting because of what we know about kids and child development now. So authoritarian parenting is largely about um, engendering compliance from your child. Right. It's about kids being seen and not heard, kids not having a voice in the family system, um, or at least not a voice that's inconvenient. Thank you very much. <laughs> so it's more about the parents uh, definitely leading as the most important people in the family system and the children coming somewhere after that. Authoritarian uh, parenting is defined by often corporal styles of discipline, so smacking, um, yelling, uh, quite aggressive forms of discipline that is designed to shape behaviour in children as needing to be a certain way in order to be acceptable. So rather than the child being accepted just for being a little person that has feelings and needs and desires like we do as adults, instead the child is seen as, oh, I was going to say a person, and I'm not even sure that authoritarian parenting styles actually consider children people. I think they're just children until they can prove themselves as good um, and therefore make their parents' lives a little easier. So, I, I love that you've explained that style because it does show such a marked difference between how we think about parenting today. Mm. And that's the key difference, right? So in, in previous times, children were an appendage to the family. And I feel like today they're more the center of the family. So whether you're a helicopter, free range or tiger parent, all of those styles focus on the child, right? Mm. Yep. Child-centered and child-led parenting, which is what we see most often today, whether it fall into any of those distinct styles that we've already discussed, is very much about considering the child as a human with all of the needs and desires and wants and imperfections that we have as adults, whereas authoritarian parenting has expectations that the child will contain themselves and will behave in a way that A, makes the parents look good, thank you very much, and B, um, is convenient for the rest of the adults in the situation. As we talk about that, always makes me reflect on the way I was parented. And I know you and I have been parented in very different ways. Um, and I think it's important that as we encourage listeners to reflect on the way they were parented, that we also mark quite clearly that oftentimes parents are doing the best with what they have available, including 
what they have access to education-wise, what other parents are doing in their social circle. And generations ago, things were very different in terms of that type of information being readily available for them. I know you're not a historian, (laughs) but obviously those things you just mentioned there in terms of the education that was available, this the social circles that were around, those influences on our parents in terms of how they parented. All of those things feed into how we raise our kids. Do we know why the authoritarian style was so popular when we were growing up? You're right. I'm not a historian. (laughs) But as a psychologist, what we know about human behavior is that the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And we could probably fairly confidently uh, extrapolate that to what was done to us is what we repeat before we know better. So my assumption is that If we go back generations, so if we go back to our parents and then their parents and beyond, what we get is this flavour of children being deferential to their parents. Like you said, children were very much an appendage in the family system, but the parents were certainly uh, many levels above in terms of their importance. And so my assumption is that Life was just harder back then. There weren't the same conveniences that we have today and that we take for granted today. There also wasn't the information that we have available today readily at our fingertips about positive parenting methods that can nurture our children from a child development perspective. So I think generations before did what they knew should do to shape child behaviour didn't know any better, and then their children did the same until we have reached a point now where we have so much research on what is harmful for children in terms of parenting styles and their child development or the impact of those parenting styles on child development that we now can very consciously choose to do something differently rather than repeat what was done to us. So before we go, I want to ask you, if you had to give yourself a parenting label, what would it be? Um, at the, this point, avoidant <laughs> um, because I'm writing a book. So it changes depending on the demand of my, of my work. Mm. My parenting label, I would say, if I was to ever label it, it's predicated on psychological safety. So everything I do for Bennett, who's my son, is about how am I shaping his capacity to be able to feel and express himself in a way where he feels safe for doing so and not shamed and not like he can't show up as his authentic self because I've decided that doesn't work for me or it's inconvenient or he's supposed to be different in that situation. Mine's so not sophisticated. My goal for my parenting label, I'm not quite there yet, my goal is some kind of balance between 80s parenting yeah. and today's parenting. Do you mean like 80s parenting as in no screens? What do no, you mean? No, no. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. No, no, because I literally parent <laughs> with a screen. So <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Come on. This is me we're talking about. No, no. Um, in terms of parenting styles, I see the 80s as being very relaxed. Yeah. Okay. My my parents never left me in the back of the car while they went to the pub, but I know of parents who did. Yeah. I'm talking about when I was raised, mum and dad would have dinner parties and they'd send us to bed and 
we'd just go to bed yeah. and they had fun downstairs and I could yeah. hear them talking and laughing and drinking or whatever. We we lived our lives around them, whereas now we live our lives around our children. Yes. That's how I feel. So yeah. I want somewhere from there to now where we're way more conscious parents, where the research and the stuff that we know about parenting is really solid and really good for our kids. Yeah. But then we have this total intensification of parenting where we worry about everything and we, maybe this is just me, think we're doing everything wrong. I want somewhere between the two. I yeah. want to be conscious, but I want to be relaxed. Yes. And that is what I want. It's not where I'm at. It's what you're becoming as well. Because what I want is the same. I might have a label for it, but it's also not necessarily what I do every single day. I don't think I'd necessarily do it well every single day. And I'm also conscious of where does my experience of being an adult with a career that's, you know, still approaching a peak. I haven't peaked yet. <laughs> and so there, there is a lot on our shoulders as we do all of these things. And I think I, I understand where you're coming from because for me, being a parent is not my entire identity either. So I wouldn't even pick a label as a parent because I'm, I'm so many other things other than a mother. But that also might be because I came to parenting late as well. So I was 38 when I had Bennett and was established in my career. And my career is a very important part of who I am. And it's important in terms of the legacy that I want to leave for him. So all of these things kind of feed in. I want him to see me working because that's part of who I am. And that's part of what I want him to feel free to do. So I think all of these things, when, when it comes to finding labels, I deeply believe, honestly, just take what works for you. If you're applying something to yourself that make that makes you feel worse or lowers your worthy your sense of value or worthiness as a human, ditch it. You don't mm. need to hold on to it. You don't need to hold on to a label because you read it on the internet. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Chef. That was the third episode in our series Parenting the Parent with Dr. Rebecca Ray. Next time, we look at the patterns we repeat as parents from our own childhood and the harm they can cause, how yelling impacts children and how that affects who we become as parents. I hope you'll join me then. And remember to enjoy all the weekly episodes in this series. Please like or follow Feed Play Love wherever you listen. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love, a listener original podcast. If there's something you'd like to learn more about, email me at feedplaylove at sca.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. For more great kids and parenting podcasts, check out the listener app and don't forget to follow us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.